Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement, your source for news and commentary from a cultural and right of center perspective. African American Conservatives. Welcome to African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. I'm your host, Marie Strotter. Please bookmark ACONS, A-A-C-O-N-S dot substack dot com. There you'll find our commentary. You'll find links to this podcast, as well as our social media profiles. You'll also find ways to be able to support and sustain our work. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is a combat veteran of the United States Army, where he served in uniform for 22 years. He was a member of the 112th Congress, representing Florida in the House of Representatives. Further, he served as the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas and is currently the executive director of the American Constitutional Rights Union, author of three books, and the host of the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Welcome back to the show, Alan. It's good to be with you, Marie. Thanks for having me. Your podcast, Steadfast and Loyal, offers conversations with a range of interesting guests, including Bill O'Reilly, Jason Whitlock, James Bosnerdly-Golden. One especially interesting guest that you featured recently was the iconic Robert Woodson, a mm. civil rights leader. What are some of the uh, takeaways from that conversation? Well, I think one of the most important things is this false narrative that has been perpetuated uh, throughout the black community about, you know, slavery being the cause for the problems that we see there. When you look at some policy decisions, especially policy decisions that has, you know, destroyed the traditional nuclear black family and this sense of being a victim. And I think one of the great things that he uh, told me was that, uh, you know, desegregation uh, does not mean that separate is is bad. And so when you look at the fact that you have so many black owned businesses, uh, the schools, colleges, universities, all of these things, well, through this whole issue of desegregation, what we came to believe was that you could not have these separate entities because all of a sudden that was not part of the solution. And it was pretty profound that, that what he shared uh, because we see such a degradation in the black community uh, and a lot of the traditions and a lot of the things that kept this community strong through some very dark uh, moments and dark hours and days and years in the uh, United States of America have been pretty much so eliminated and eradicated. So I think that his big push is that we have got to get back to be self-sustaining. We've got to get back to having quality education. We've got to get back to restoring and building our families. And we got to get back to economic empowerment and economic independence. Well said. Um, another steadfast and loyal guest was Dinesh D'Souza, uh, who expressed a belief that President Biden is working with tech companies like Google and Facebook to win the next election. What is your view? Well, absolutely so. I mean, I, I mean, look at the fact that President Biden makes his uh, campaign re-election announcement, not with some <laughs> big campaign event or, or what have you. He does it with a three minute video. And, and why? Because he wants to get out there online. He wants to get to those people. And 
to, to have this strategy once again of everyone else doing the work, doing the messaging and just using images while he sits alone in the basement of the White House or Camp David or in one of his houses in Delaware. You, you take, you know, take your pick. Uh, and so I, I do agree that you see the media machine, which is the traditional media and the non-traditional media, uh, being on his side. And when you think about how now all of a sudden he wants to bring TikTok influencers into the White House uh, to tell his story, to be advocates out there, that tells you that this is all about manipulating people, manipulating a message and preventing the American people from really hearing what is happening in this country as far as our border security, economic security, energy independence and security, national security, foreign policy, domestic security. Nothing is going right with this administration. But if you can leverage the people from big tech to get out there and censor and suppress the, the truth, but yet get your message pro proliferated out there, that, that's what they think is a winning strategy. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull off what they did uh, four years ago once again, because I think the scales have come off a lot of people's eyes. Absolutely agreed. Now, you just finished a series of videos filmed at the border uh, and released on your Substack. What did you take away from that experience? The, the number one thing I took away is that the situation is so bad down in Kenny County along the border that children don't even go out to play uh, because they're afraid of high-speed chases, illegal immigrant bailouts, and with this Title 42 that's coming along next, uh, we're just going to be overwhelmed. We don't have the adequate types of resources down there to secure our border. And so when you hear the chief of Border Patrol saying that we do not have operational control of our border, we do not. I saw that myself. When we have you know, individuals that are out there doing the old school tracking of illegal immigrants by looking for you know, actual tracks and footprints and footpaths, uh, and there are just countless amounts of infiltration routes down there, they don't have the drones, they don't have... 24-7 aerial surveillance uh, up over these areas. And you're talking about thick brush. You're talking about immense areas that they're just not able to control. And the other side knows that. Uh, you look at these, uh, these use of social media. We just talked about big tech and how the cartels, the, they're a terrorist organization, first and foremost. They are advertising on these social media platforms for people to come down and pick up illegals and they'll get paid for it. Uh, that's why I saw over 400 vehicles in the Kenny County uh, impound lot. And this is a, a county of maybe 2000 people. The city of Brackenville mm -hmm. has just about 1,700, but yet they have 400 cars in an impound lot with Texas license plates, California, New York, you, Ohio, you name it. So there's a very dire situation there. And, with uh, Title 42 being lifted next week, we're seeing the undermining and the destruction of the sovereignty of the United States. I want to touch on that a little bit more because on May 11th, as you've alluded to, the Title 42 immigration policy is set to expire, causing even Secretary Mayorkas to warn that the influx of illegals into the United States will be unprecedented. You <laughs> oh. talked about, I know. I know. Insane. Now, you had an eyewitness moment where you saw these three uh, gotaways. What was that like? Well, first of all, it's already unprecedented. Last year, we had 2.3 million. That That is a record number. So I, I guess we're just going to continue to top the record. But yeah, down there in, in Kenny County, and I'm doing a ride along with one of the sheriff's deputies, 
And uh, we saw uh, illegal immigrants that shot out across from uh, one of the thick brush areas, jumped the fence, shot across the highway that we were on. And then, you know, before we could stop the car and give, you know, foot chase, they were up over another fence and back into the uh, into the brush. And again, when we don't have the, the, the drones, we don't have aerial surveillance. We don't have enough people that are out there already patrolling to call and say, hey, look, we're at this location. We just had two, three people come across the train tracks. They jumped the fence and they're heading north in this direction. Uh, it's, it's, it's just disheartening to know that I saw three people that are gotaways. Where will they end up? I just don't know. Uh, and, and so it is very disconcerting for these folks that are down there doing the absolute best that they can, but they don't have the resources to really be able to you know, fulfill their duties and responsibilities. And so we've got to do better. And, and I think it is horrific that we're talking about sending uh, you know, active duty troops uh, or reservists down there. It's unconstitutional what you're asking them to do. You're asking them to facilitate illegal immigrants coming into the country. That's not, you know, part of what they took a note to support and defend the Constitution about. And so, uh, again, it, it is it's just absolutely wrong. It's an unlawful order that Joe Biden is ordering military personnel to go down to the border to do what? To support his ideological agenda, not to support the Constitution. Well, and I want to talk about that because uh, I want to uh, touch on that. You said that uh, he may send as many as 1,500 active duty troops to the border, um, as, as well as request $50 million from Congress to address the unexpected urgent need presented <laughs> by the spike in illegals uh, crashing into the United States. But what do you think is needed to solve the problem? You've been talking about this for a number of years, and yeah. I've yet to see any of these common sense solutions enacted. Well, first and foremost, you've got to get control of your own border, create a border control zone down there uh, in, in South Texas, where there's 1,250 miles of border. We own the most uh, land wise uh, shared with Mexico. You create this zone, Highway 90 to the north and then the Rio Grande River and illegals don't get outside of Highway 90. We've got to repatriate them back across the border, especially starting with single military age males and, and females. And we have to verify these quote unquote family units. We have those DNA kits, rapid DNA kits that we can do that testing. We've got to go after the cartels. They should not be on social media uh, and, and they should not be providing you know, funding and resources to people that want to go down and be, you know, a human smuggler. So there's cartel funding and, and banks here. And we need to find those banks. We need to freeze those assets. We need to use those assets uh, to get the right resources down there. You need to have folks out in the brush that can, you know, block off these infiltration routes. You need to have drone coverage. The cartels have drones. They're flying and dropping drugs over in the United States of America by using drones. And what does that look like that this transnational narco-criminal terrorist organization has better resources than the United States of America? Uh, and then we just recently saw the OH-58 Delta Kiowa Warriors scout helicopters. The Army retired those helicopters. They're made by Bell Helicopter right here, headquartered in Texas. We should have a fleet of those helicopters down there so we can have 24 7 Aerial, aerial capacity, surveillance, and, and coverage. But when you look at some of these NGOs, we need to revoke the, the 501c3 license for these NGOs because they're nothing but travel agencies for illegals. 
The United States Border Patrol, USBP, it stands for patrol, not processing. They need to get back to patrolling and repatriating people back across the border. That's how you send a message. I completely disagree with Governor Abbott and what he's doing by putting people on buses, which, oh, by the way, Marie, since we live here in Texas, it costs us $1,400 each for an illegal immigrant to be put on a bus and sent to Chicago, Detroit, New York, or wherever. Uh, I didn't sign up for that with my my tax dollars here in Texas to you know transport illegals. So that's completely wrong. He's aiding and abetting human smuggling. So all of these things need to happen. No more taxpayer-funded benefits to illegals. The fact that you had an illegal immigrant who had been deported four or five times, yes. shot and killed an entire family. For mm. how does an illegal immigrant get a semi-automatic weapon? And then how does he get a weapon, period? I, I don't care if he's got a bow and arrow or a slingshot. How does an illegal immigrant that's been deported four or five times out of the state of Texas get a weapon here in the state of Texas? That's where the system is broken and broken down. And that's what's so discouraging for, for many legal law-abiding citizens here in the state of Texas and across the country. That's absolutely right. Um, now, House Republicans have introduced what Majority Leader Steve Scalise has called, quote, the strongest border security package that Congress has ever taken, end quote. Uh, yet the Texas Republican uh, Congressman, uh, Dan Crenshaw, has already promised to vote against it because, in his view, it doesn't properly address the cartels. Can you explain what your opinion is of this bill? Well, you got to start somewhere. Uh, and I think we do need to do a better job of addressing the cartels. But I don't understand why Representative Crenshaw, who's a representative out of the state of Texas, would not be supporting this. Just the same as we have some issues with Representative Tony Gonzalez, who also you know, shares a large swath of terrain, uh, represents a large swath of terrain that's on the border. You know, we got to get on the same sheet of music. Now, chances are it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate because the Democrats want to have this open border policy. But still, it comes back to the states. I mean, you know, Governor Abbott has the ability through the U.S. Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, and the Texas State Constitution uh, that gives him the power as the commander in chief of the Texas Military Department to repel invasions. I don't know why the governor of the state of Texas won't say that there's an invasion going on in the state of Texas. Obviously, something's happening. He's putting them on buses and he's sending them elsewhere. So he has to acknowledge that. I don't know why the governor of Texas says that we are going to designate the cartels as a terrorist organization, but what's the follow-up to that? Are we going after their, their finances? Are we seizing their assets? Are we making sure that we find these cartel members and we're prosecuting them and we're putting them away for, for life? This is an insurgency that is being fought down here on our border. This is not just an everyday you know, dealing with a couple of few people that want to come across our border to get a better way of life. I saw on a camera shot individuals uh, down on that border when I was there who were dressed in camouflage with face masks. They had long beards and they had heavy backpacks. But the key thing was we looked at them and the stride that they had looked like a military type of stride. So we weren't able to find those individuals. And I think you saw the pictures where we we showed you where the gates and the fences are being pried open and ranchers are putting ladders over some positions and gates because they don't want their gates to be torn open. This is the dire situation that we have. So whatever can be passed should be passed. 
And really thank God for you, because I believe that there our media, for whatever reason, is not showing what's going on at the border. And people like you who are showing the American people what's really going on, because, you know, we have a complicit media and they're not showing us what's going on. They're not showing us pictures. They're not showing us all of the people that, that you're seeing, for example, the men with the long beards. I mean, we know what's going on. Um, and so... It seems to me that we are sacrificing the safety of the American people for political expediency to get this voting block and, you know, all of these uh, agenda platforms to be able to give people benefits and whatever. And like you said, you know, there are people that are hungry here. We've got veterans here that need medical care. We've got uh, kids that are homeless and hungry and all of these other things. I mean, San Francisco is a mess with all their poop maps mm -hmm. and, you know, all of this other stuff. Stores are closing down because yeah. they can't sustain all of these policies. And yet no one is showing us what is going on at the border. There's a lack of leadership in the United States of America right now. I would have never thought I'd see this happen in my country, but it is happening. Uh, you think about, you know, our veterans, homeless and jobless veterans. We should not have that. The world's tallest Holiday Inn in New York uh, is not a shelter for veterans. It's a shelter for illegal immigrants. This is how insidious this thing has become, a slap in the face. Uh, and so you're right. You look at every aspect of security in the United States of America, especially as you just talked about, our domestic security crime is on a rise, uh, the drug, the fentanyl. And, and again, fentanyl comes from China. They send it to the terrorist cartels who bring it across the border to do what? To kill Americans. So basically we're at war with China because they are killing Americans, but no one wants to admit to that. No one wants to take the, 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 the responsibility and act according to the constitution, our rule of law. All of this is about a very demented, deranged, delusional ideological agenda of the progressive socialist left. And that's what Joe Biden is enabling to happen, along with his uh, henchwoman, uh, uh, Kamala Harris. But people are suffering because of it. Well, and one of the other issues that's very serious here in Texas is, as you've pointed out numerous times, the human and sex trafficking. Oh, it yeah. is such a scary thing. I mean, I can't tell you the number of stories that I've personally heard. You know, people have talked about, you know, when they see a young lady going across a parking lot or, you know, like I've had friends that are like, I, I kept an eye on her because, you know, there were these guys kind of hanging around. I've mm -hmm. talked to my daughter when she goes out with her friends, you know, make sure that, you know, you don't open you you open your yeah. own bottle of whatever, you know, and don't accept a drink from someone else, you know, non-alcoholic, but I'm just saying, you know, don't accept something that's already opened, you know, yeah. and all of those kinds of things that I have to tell her those things because we're in Texas and this is such a big thing, but you don't hear it if you're outside of a border state. It's like it doesn't exist. Why are we not hearing this? Uh, because it comes right back to what we started off talking about uh, originally, the social media platforms and the media that are accomplices to all of this, and they don't want people to, to hear about it. And that's why we've got to have platforms such as this. We've got to be able to get this message out to the American people. The uh, HHS uh, whistleblower who testified before the House committee last week uh, about the, uh, the child labor that is going on. Yeah. These are these are kids who are brought here illegally and they're working off their their penance that they have to pay back to the cartels. 
that should be absolutely abhorrent to people. But yet this administration has lost some 82 to 85,000 of these children somewhere out there in the system. They're handing them over to people that they're not verifying that they're family members. They're just handing them over. Uh, and, and people coming across with, you know, the tags across their wrists. This is a form of human slavery that is going on. And we're aiding and abetting it. And, and to me, it's just absolutely disgusting. But you don't have a lot of Republicans that are out there pushing this uh, narrative uh, because some of them, you know, through the Chamber of Commerce and other, they want some cheap labor as well. And there are some, uh, you know, organizations out there that are for open border, uh, you know, policies. And these are organizations on the right, think tanks and, and things of this nature. So we've got a huge problem because no one's looking out for the interests of the American people. And I think that's why you see so many folks just saying, I'm sick of Republicans, I'm sick of Democrats. I'm just gonna be an independent because nobody is looking out for me. You know, I, I could get on my soapbox so easily about this because it really infuriates me when I see the trash that's left behind. There's a few videos uh, on your YouTube channel from other trips that you've made to the border, just the trash that people leave behind and the wristbands that you were talking yeah. about. Um, just these little, little kids um, that are being trafficked with the coyotes and uh, you know, the rape trees and all of yes. these kinds of things. We don't care about human life. We don't care. Um, we, we we're still trying to get uh, gender mutilation banned in the Texas uh legislature. Um, we, we just got, uh, abortion overturned here in the state. It just seems like little kids, their lives aren't valued. No, so, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're not. And I, and I think that, uh, the left has a war on women and also a war on children. And yeah. we need to discuss that more often. Uh, you know, they want to be able to murder the babies in the womb. Uh, if the baby does survive, they want to be able to mutilate them. Uh, and even worse, they're bringing children from outside of this country in uh, into these deplorable uh, situations to, you know, satisfy the perversions of adults. Uh, so it's just a bad situation all around. And this is something I think should be one of the number one issues uh, as we go forward. This war against women, this war against children that the left is waging. Yeah. I mean, just the whole drag queen thing. I mean, I keep seeing these memes that are like, you know, why are people bringing kids to these shows? What, why do adult people want to perform in such a way in front of little kids? I mean, it's just so crazy. And then you posted something uh, last night about the satanic temple and yeah. how they're uh, suing to be able to perform their ritual uh, a religious ritual. Yeah, their religious of ritual. Yeah, their religious ritual of murdering unborn babies. So, in <laughs> other words, what the Bible talks about, uh, you know, sacrificing children to the Baal god of Moloch, yeah. who was, you know, one of Beelzebub's uh, followers, uh, is happening right now. And so it, the FBI goes and tries to infiltrate the Catholic Church because they believe in, you know, pro life and saving life. But Yet we have people, this satanic temple that is admitting to infanticide. Uh, I mean, who can agree with that? That we want to allow people to, you know, sacrifice babies uh, in some type of ritual? That's sick. That, that's, the, that's, that's pure dadgum evil, as my dad would say. Uh, and so where are the voices that stand up and fight against this? And so one of the things I've always said is that 
the Democrat Party has a position on life that is aligned with the satanic temple here in the United States of America. So what does that tell you? I don't think I could align myself. And, and I've said that for many years. I know a lot of people who are church going people who vote for the Democrats and, you know, that's between them and God. But I ask them, I'm like, if you know that a plank of your party, it's not just, you know, it's a plank that, the, mm -hmm. that anybody who runs on that platform, you need to be able to, to say that you are for abortion. How can you, if you know that that's a plank and you know that there are six things, yea, Lord, uh, yea, seven that the Lord hates, and those are hands are swift to shed innocent blood is one of them. How can you, in good conscience, how can you vote for something like that? They're delusional. Or like when he food or uh, they tried to take him out of their party and all those kinds of things. How can you do it? They're delusional. They're confused. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that that's one of the things that we need to be discussing in the church. And we need to challenge people. If this is something that you believe in, you know, some part of you is messed up. Some part of you is wrong. OK, because if you're saying that you're a Bible believing Christian and it says in Deuteronomy 30, 19, the Lord said, I set before you today two choices, life or death. Choose life so that you and your descendants, your generation shall live. That's it. You know, and, and it says that, you know, uh, it, it would be better. Uh, for a millstone to be put around the neck. Jesus said it's better for a millstone yes. to be put around the neck of someone that will hurt one of these little ones. Okay. So I, I don't get it. I, I'm Help me out. But you're yeah. right. I, I don't, yeah. Look, I don't want to hang around people who want to murder unborn babies. I don't want to hang around people that think it's really cool and it's trendy to take their kids in front of, you know, biological males who are exposing themselves. I don't want to hang around people that want to uh, mutilate, uh, you know, the bodies of children or alter their bodies. I mean, if you're 18 years or younger, you can't get a tattoo. Yeah. Now, you, now you're trying to tell me that uh, a kid can can make a decision about, you know, I don't want to have these functioning body parts on me. And you, and you think that that's something that you want to fight for. I don't want to be around you. And, and, and I'm going to be very honest about that. You know, and that's true because, you know, what did you want to be when you were six? I wanted to be an, a professional ice skater. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. it's like you don't have the capacity to, to you don't even, you can't distinguish between fantasy and reality at that age. You're just moving oh. into concrete operations. And you're telling me that you know what you want to be. And an adult is taking you seriously. But to your point, you can't drink, drive, get a tattoo, vote, get married. Nothing. Any of those kinds of things. Buy a gun. Nothing. But yeah. yeah. It, in one of these leftist states, the state of Washington, they're saying to parents, if you do not go along with this from your child, an idea that some adult has put into your child's head, then you're going to lose uh, the custody of your child. Uh, there's no such thing as gender affirming care. You're not changing anybody's gender. All you're doing is mutilating their body. Uh, and, and we got to realize that this is an incredible gross overreach of the, of the government into the home to try to, you know, warp the minds of children. Uh, this is pure indoctrination. It's pure grooming, whatever you want to call it. But coming back to what we said earlier, it's evil. You know, and it's funny too, because I saw something um, not too long ago where they were saying, I think it was one of the biblical archaeological 
digs or something like that. And they were talking about, you know, they found these bones and they were looking at them and trying to figure out what they could tell about the civilization. And guess what? There was only male and female. That's all you could tell from this pile of bones. And a hundred years from now, when all of these people who've gone through all of this surgery are, you know, in the grave and it's just reduced to bones, guess what? Archaeologists will say because of the shape of the pelvis or the size of the pelvis or whatever, it's mm -hmm. male or female. It won't be a uh, ghost self, frog self, uh, Slytherin, whatever. I mean, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call yourself, it's going to be male or it's going to be female. Well, I've, I found it just absolutely hilarious uh, doing the Meet the Press interview this past Sunday when Chuck Todd told Vivek Ramaswamy, a presidential candidate, that there was a spectrum of gender. And, and I'm trying to figure out what where, where am I on that spectrum? Because as far as I know, there's one or the other. There's male or female. Uh, and, and God did not make a mistake. And so man can come along and try to jerry rig, as we would say in the military, and do whatever they want. But you're right. You're still a male or you're still a female. Now, to that point, a few weeks ago, uh, there was a viral video of a Navy nurse practitioner uh, in which she explained that it was Navy policy to talk to hmm. the children about their sexual history which is crazy to me because like I said, when I was growing up in school, if my teacher was Mrs., I knew that she was married. That's the extent of anything that I knew that happened outside of the classroom. I didn't know all of that kind of stuff about them. But anyway, um, about their sexual history, their gender identity, sexual orientation, without notifying the parents. Yeah. Now, given your experience in the military and as a parent, how did we get to this place where anyone in the Navy finds this an acceptable policy to put forward? Well, we got to this place because a couple of years ago, you elected uh, this Joe Biden and this Kamala Harris, and you allowed the progressive socialist left to come in and institute these policies. And of course, they have put people in charge of the Department of Defense, the Secretary of the Army, Secretary of Navy, Secretary of the Air Force, that are carrying out their ideological agenda. Look, if I'm on a deployment and I know that someone is talking to my child about you know, their gender, uh, and, and all of a sudden you're going to, you know, allow my child to go through some, you know, mutilation surgery. Uh, we, we're going to have a real interesting discussion and probably not a lot of <laughs> words are going to be used. But again, you know, Marie, this is why the recruitment and retention level in the military is at an all time low. Who wants to be in a military that's worried about uh, cultural Marxism, critical race theory, oppressors and oppressed, and and this thing about we're going to mutilate your child when you without letting you know about anything, uh, or we're going to send you down to the border and have you go against your oath to the Constitution by enabling illegal immigrants to pour into this country and undermine our sovereignty. This is an incredible time that we're living in, and we've got and you know this moment in time in 2024 to correct this or else uh, it's going to be difficult to, to, to turn the ship around. Absolutely agreed. Now, you said that, quote, if you find yourself in a fair fight, your tactics mm -hmm. suck, end quote. Yeah. What does this portend in terms of the next steps for the GOP in this presidential cycle? Uh, I, I'm, I'm tired of them, you know, by operating with these self-imposed Marquis de Cuisenberry rules against, you know, folks that don't believe there are any rules. Now, I'm not saying that you lower yourself to their level, but you need to study and understand Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. You need to be able to find the gaps 
to exploit them. You need to say the things that need to be said and stop sitting around and talking about, well, we don't want to go there. We don't want to do this. We don't want to say that. No, it's time to do that. Uh, I talked about the five forms of maneuver. We got to stop with the frontal assault where, you know, the left always sees exactly where Republicans are going and they beat us down before we get there. We have got to learn how we, you know, take what they're doing and turn it against them. We got to put them on defense. We got to be on the offense. We've got to infiltrate them. We've got to envelop them. We have got to, you know, uh, uh, encircle them in every way, shape, form, or fashion. There are more of us than there are of them. They're just louder. Uh, when you look at what just happened in the uh, in the Texas Capitol yes. with this disruption, I mean, why isn't that an insurgency, yes. uh, an insurrection? Or you see what happened in the Nashville Capitol. Why isn't that an, an insurrection? When you have a district attorney, a local district attorney that brings an indictment against a presidential candidate, where are our local district attorneys and, and county attorneys bringing, you know, an indictment against Joe, Joe Biden and the things they're doing? Uh, now's the time we've got to find our big boy and big girl pants uh, and stop trying to go into this and thinking, uh, let's take a high road. OK, I, I, I don't mind taking the high road, but most importantly, I want to defeat my adversary. That's absolutely right. Now, there's a growing chorus in the Republican uh, circles, especially after the GOP failed to win the Senate in the midterms, uh, that pro-life legislation is a loser for <laughs> the party and that it would benefit Republicans to not be as strident on the issue. What no. do you say? No, you're absolutely wrong. And, and I did a video about that, how you need to be able to articulate this issue and how you need to come up with solutions. And, and again, I think if you go out there and say that the Democrat Party in the United States of America is aligned with the satanic temple of the United States of America in their perspective on murdering unborn children. I, I mean, it's absolutely true because they want to murder children all the way up to the time of their birth and even after their birth. You know, your former state of California was uh, seeking to pass legislation to, to murder birth babies uh, after they've been born. So where, where, is that acceptable? No. Uh, and I think that we have to understand some of the exemptions that are out there, but we have to come up with solutions. And I talked about the Sanctuary of Hope that uh, Pastor John Hagee has down in San Antonio, the Cornerstone uh, Baptist Church. So all these big mega churches out there, they need to reach out to the widow and to the orphan uh, and, and those people that are, are suffering, the unwed mothers, and they need to provide them the care. And so I think that we got a great opportunity for the body of Christ to, to take the high road on this issue, but still stand on principle and say that we're, we're not about a culture of death. That's exactly what the left is. It's a culture of death. It's a war against our children. And, and I think that we need to just hammer them every single day, 24-7, 365 on that. And shame on these uh, Republicans that say that we need to move away from this issue because the very first inalienable right that uh, we are endowed with from our creator God is life. And that means born and unborn life. One of the beauties here in Texas, too, is like the alternatives to abortion program. The fact that we've got $100 million that we use to surround the mother, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not just uh, to abort uh, as 
people do in other states and get rid of the problem, so to speak. But we su- we surround the woman with support until the child is three years old. Yeah. Um, we help her with rental assistance, child care, job training, you know, food, rent, all of those things. Um, and that's really what we're supposed to do. That, like, like you have alluded to, there's a lot for uh, people of faith to do to step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, the widows and orphans, you know, I'm an adoptive mother. I know not everybody can do that, but there are other things that we can do. We can support these women in a variety of ways and uh, volunteer at a pregnancy yeah. resource center. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But what's the sad alternative from the progressive socialist left? They go out and attack the pro-life uh, pregnancy yeah. resource centers. They, James you know, resource. James, Reve- James Revenge. Revenge, James Revenge. And so again, why isn't the FBI going out and, and infiltrating them and finding them? No. Uh, they rather take, you know, pro-life advocates and, and put them in jail. So <laughs> there is a, a dedicated effort from the left to make sure they can continue on with the culture of death. And, and I think we need to just call it as it is and hammer them into submission uh, on, on this issue and and draw and, and be very graphic about it, because what they're talking about is mutilating babies in the womb. I mean, we're talking about dismembering babies in the womb. And as I said in that video, if you're a soldier in a combat zone and you're in a firefight with the enemy and you defeat the enemy, you kill the enemy. And afterwards, you go up and you start hacking off an ear here, an arm there, whatever. You're going to Fort Leavenworth prison, you know, for a very long time, probably for the rest of your life. But now we're saying it's okay to do that in the womb, which is supposed to be the safest place for a baby. No, I don't accept that. So, Alan, what is the significance of uh, pro-life legislation failing in two red states, Nebraska and South Carolina? I think there are people that are afraid. I think that there are people that don't want to get on this ideological battlefield and go on offense on this issue and designate and castigate uh, the left for who they are and what they seek to do. Uh, And shame on them, because now is not the time to be weak-kneed because there's there, there's just a clear-cut choice. Like, like I said, I said before you today, life or death. Choose life so that you and your generations, your descendants shall live. And, and that's what it should be. Or align yourself with the satanic temple and you know have your ritual uh, dismemberment and uh, of, of babies in the womb uh, is, and, and because that's what you're doing. In your discussion with Jason Whitlock on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast, you both discussed the amount of money being sent to Ukraine Mm -hmm. uh, and how that could solve our school safety problems. In fact, uh, utilizing retired veterans and uh, law enforcement uh, officers is something that you've preached for years. Yeah. Why haven't uh, why hasn't it been enacted yet and what will it take to do so? Uh, I don't think that people really want to solve the the situation. Now, there are some independent school districts, there are some areas that do want to solve the situation. But as a whole, I I don't think that people want to solve this. They want to keep it out there as a quote unquote issue that they can use to to bash people Mm. on. Uh, You know, we do more to secure and protect sporting events and concerts and things of this nature than our schools. So that tells you uh, where our priorities really are. And the fact that you had this gender dysphoric woman, Audrey Elizabeth Hale, go in and murder six individuals, three of them nine year old kids. But yet 
What does the left talk about gun control? What does the left talk about? You know, we need to understand her and her uh, her her struggles and how she felt like she was a victim and and things were against her. Why? Because in the state of Tennessee, they passed legislation that said that we're not going to allow mutilation of, of children. Uh, and so, what is their response? Well, let's go in and kill nine children. I mean, uh, three children, nine years of age. Uh, where's the outrage on that? And so no one should be able to just go up with a gun and shoot out the, the windows of uh, the open the doors of a school and walk in and be able to engage people in, and kill them. Three adults on top of that. So someone should have been in, in there outside the perimeter. If you're going to have a single point of entry and exit, you should still have people outside that are patrolling as well as someone that is inside guarding that single point of entry and exit. Uvalde, Texas. Should have never happened. There should have been someone at that school. And furthermore, the parents should have been allowed to go and protect their children. They should have been armed because they have that right. Look at how fast it took for the Metropolitan Nashville Police Department to get that call, get in there and neutralize the target. Uh, that should have happened in Uvalde. So, uh, again, it's about training. It's about where your priorities are. And uh, look, what's happening in Ukraine, uh, I don't think that no sovereign nations should be invaded, uh, which we saw Russia do. But guess what? There's a lot that we can be doing here to include protecting our own sovereign border and protecting our own children. That's right. Now, what is your reaction to the revelation by way of a leak from the Pentagon that the United States has 14 special forces members inside of Ukraine, despite the Biden administration denying that? Uh, Congress has the, the oversight. And until they get the right answer, uh, they should uh, do what is necessary on holding back funding. Uh, for this program. I mean, instead, we can't continue to hear the Speaker of the House saying we're going to continue to fund the operation in Ukraine. No, uh, until we have full transparency of what is happening in Ukraine, you know, we should not do that. Uh, I, I understand if you have people over in Poland that are maybe training people and uh, you have some Ukrainian soldiers coming over to like Fort Sill, Oklahoma to get training on certain artillery systems, but we should not have uh, our own uniform services actively involved inside Ukraine. I know that the Biden administration is saying that they're there guarding the embassy. Uh, United States Army does not guard embassies. That's a duty and responsibility of the United States Marine Corps. The Pentagon leak also revealed that the United States is pessimistic about the Ukraine's chances of, of Ukraine's chances of defeating Russia, a view echoed by American General Cavoli in a recent congressional testimony. If this is so, then why is our president saying, quote, Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, end quote? Uh, because it's just speaking out of both sides of the mouth. Uh, I think that, you know, the Ukrainians see victory as, you know, the complete expulsion of Russian forces out of their 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 territory, their their nation state. Uh, but maybe, you know, initially the only real victory is to prevent Russia from gaining any new territories. Uh, you know, during the Obama administration, that's where they uh, overran Crimea and a good portion of eastern Ukraine. Uh, so we've got to figure out and understand what success and what victory is in this interim. 
Uh, but we've got to get the European nations to step up and do more because, like I said, we got too many issues and problems here in the United States of America. We haven't even talked about the banks that are collapsing uh, because of yeah. the interest rate manipulation that is going on here. So we've got a financial crisis, a recession that's right around the corner. We got a border security crisis. We got a domestic security crisis. I mean, we can go on ad nauseum ad infinitum. Egypt planned to produce 40,000 rockets to be used by Russia to aid it in uh, defeating Ukraine. Uh, according to the leak, uh, France similarly has expressed a reluctance to get involved in defending Taiwan from Chinese invasion. Are these signals that some of our most uh, that some of our most important are breaking from us and aligning themselves with China and Russia? Of course. Uh, I mean, everyone sees a decline in the United States of America as being a trusted ally uh, because of the person that you have there. I mean, many people believe that uh, Joe Biden is compromised uh, because of his financial dealings through his son with, with China. And so when you have the president of France, uh, Emmanuel Macron, going over and having a visit with uh, China's Xi Jinping and making that statement about how we should not you know, really be aligning with the United States and this conflagration back and forth with China. Uh, you know, Ronald Reagan had that term, peace through strength, but we don't, are not showing strength. We don't have the deterrent capability that's out there. And so the Philippines are nervous. All the countries in the Pacific realm are nervous. And, you know, the Abraham Accords, now you got Xi Jinping coming in and brokering an agreement between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Why? Because the United States of America does not have that same respect and regard. In a piece you wrote for Town Hall, you wrote, quote, the progressive socialist leftists have absolutely had it out for Justice Thomas mm -hmm. from the very announcement of his uh, nomination, end quote. Why can't the party of tolerance see how intolerant they are? Be because they don't see themselves being intolerant. Uh, you know, when Joe Biden talked about unity, he's really talking about conformity. Uh, you're OK with them as long as you agree with them. But if you are on the other side of, of what they believe you should be, especially a black conservative, minority conservative, I mean, that's the whole purpose of African-American conservatives, uh, you're, you got a target on your back. And Clarence Thomas has always had a target on his back. And so this is absolutely abhorrent when you have one part of the legislative branch, the Senate Democrats, that are actually going after another one of the established three branches of government. That's the ju judicial branch. Uh, because they are just upset with not being able to have full control. Uh, right now, they've lost control of the Uni United States Supreme Court with a 6-3 conservative majority who are ruling and making decisions based upon the Constitution, not based upon uh, activist judicial uh, decision-making or uh, ideological agendas, but they cannot stand that. And so they want to destroy Clarence Thomas. They want to destroy anyone that goes against their grain. They are not tolerant. Free speech to them means accepted speech. Freedom of expression means their accepted expressions, uh, whole nine yards. The right to petition government for redress of grievances, that is only the right that they have because they believe that they are right in what they're doing. So you can storm the Capitol in Nashville, Tennessee. You can storm the Capitol in Austin, Texas, and that's okay and acceptable. Or you can burn down buildings and you can go out and destroy pro-life advocacy centers like we see Antifa, James Revenge doing, and that's, that's protesting. That's peaceful protesting. 
If you're just joining us this segment, our guest has been Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. Alan, how can our viewers continue to find you online and follow your work? Uh, you know, the Substack page that is out there, the social media platforms, except for TikTok, because I'm not a friend of the Chinese Communist Party. And of course, uh, you know, just just doing whatever I can on YouTube, Rumble and what have you. And so. Well, as always, thank you for being our guest on African-American Conservatives, and we'll see you soon. Yes, ma'am. Bye now, Marie. Take care. Mm -hmm. And now is that part of the show where we bring DK in. DK, come on in. Hey. How are you doing? You're on mute. Hola. Hey, how are you? You left me muted. <laughs> well, you know, I do have that button. I think you enjoyed that. <laughs> What's was, going on with you? It was interesting hearing you and uh, Colonel West talk about China and abortion. Yeah. Because I just reminded me, I saw this last night, as a matter of fact, this documentary on Prime called uh, One, uh, One Child Policy. It's about China who was trying to... Uh, enforce a one-child policy on his family. And it was, it was really fascinating for a number of reasons. One was that um, it's just how the Chinese families um, were not only forced to have abortions or hide a second child or pay this huge fine or imprisonment if they, if they did have a second child, it's how focused they were on having their first child, probably their only child, be male to the point where they would put uh, babies, female babies in baskets and leave them in markets and hope that someone would pick them up, which did not always happen. Uh, luckily, there are people who traffic in these kind of babies who was to go to the markets and pick some up, take it, take them to these orphan orphanages, which weren't really orphanages. And, you know, and these babies would get sold to you know, Americans who wanted to adopt a, a Chinese child. So, so at least those 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 girls had an opportunity at a, at life. But many were just left to die. You know, so it just it's just always sad when you hear about the degradation of of life. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to me because you know I think. You, we're starting to see in China sort of, I, I see the road that the America is going to go down pretty soon. And that's if you kill off all the females or if they're a propensity of males versus females, what does that do to the population? I know that China has a population problem, but here's the thing, as we're seeing here in America, you know, if you've got this whole gender dysphoria thing and, you know, um, we stop procreating because all of these people are having this gender mutilation surgery where they don't ha have uh, reproductive organs or at least functioning ones, um, then what happens to the population? So it, it, it is a crisis on a lot of levels. There's a definite push to get people from having children. They think, they think we're going to use up the earth's natural resources too quickly, or we're going to breathe too leave out too much CO2 and cause global warming and, and so forth. So it's, def it's a definite push. 
Well, and it's another attack on children, as we talked about, you know, the whole abortion thing, gender mutilation, all of these other policies, uh, you know, where these children are being trafficked, uh, where these kids are being shot up in schools and nobody cares about it. It seems like when there's a pretty simple solution and having uh, retired officers or retired military, you know, it, it just seems like kids are props and they really don't care about the quality of life for the child. Because I've said, I mean, you know, I, I come from California, I came from San Francisco, and I saw all of the people, all the homeless problem and the poop problem and all of that kind of stuff. And it's sad to me to think that, you know, that we've got enough money with all of the Mars Rover stuff that we do and all this other stuff um, and the money that we've sent to Ukraine, when there are kids who were born in this country, who go to bed without their bellies full, who go to bed without clean clothes, who go to bed um, in the streets, if you will. I mean, living in the back of their car. And we can't come up off of the money, but we'll give $41 billion to some other country? I, I don't know. That just really angers me. That really, really... That's that's the issue that you'll see me kind of go off on. And like I said, I'm an adoptive mom. I'm not here to pat myself on the back, but um, and not to um, belittle your point about people who adopt from foreign countries. But there are enough kids in this country every single day that people could adopt and assist them because we're seeing these benefits being given to um, illegal immigrants that come and flaunt our rules and our laws. Um, and we're handing them out, you know, diplomas and we're handing them out benefits and we're handing them out bus tickets. And we're not doing one single thing for the kids that are born in this country. And I know because I adopted two of them and I could tell you every single thing that we did, we did out of our own pocketbooks. I homeschooled them for years. We paid for everything. We, all of our doctor's appointments, all of our therapy appointments, all the medication appointments, every single thing was out of pocket. The government didn't give me one dime. And yet they are giving millions to all of these other nations, all of these other individuals, all these other entities. And we've got kids right here every single day. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I, I think that's uh, that should be a priority, you know, uh, child care in general, and especially child care for people who are not so fortunate to have biological parents to take care of them. I mean, what could be more precious to a society than taking care of these sort of kids? And speaking of kids, um, one thing that children tend to love as well as adults are dolls. And I don't get a chance to praise corporate America too often because they're always, you know, pushing transgenderism and liberalism. And for some reason they push Marxism and, and um, pushing the general liberal agenda. But in this case, I'm gonna praise the Maytel company for, for what they're doing. But you know, Barbie dolls in general, are cool. I, I had a friend who had hundreds of Barbie dolls. It's a big collection. And even I have two. I have the Batgirl Barbie doll and I have the Wonder Woman. You have Barbies? I have. I have oh, I, you should never have revealed that to me. I have two. I have the Batgirl and I have the Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> I have them on display. Oh, you should never have revealed that I one to me. I have them on display. They're very cool. Well, anyway, there's a new Barbie doll 
Yes, there I'm, is. I just want to show you one second. Very cool. Sorry, the Barbie fashionista doll, the Barbie doll with Down syndrome. And when I saw that, I thought it was such an amazing thing for a, a, a company and this company to do because, you know, Down syndrome is, Down syndrome uh, children are being exterminated at yes. an alarming rate. I think United States, 60 to 90% of babies who are diagnosed with Down syndrome in the, in the womb are being killed. Um, I think in some countries like England, it's almost 100% of Down syndrome babies are being killed. And for one thing, it's, it's such a tragic thing because if you look at, if there was a way to diagnose in the womb that a child will grow up to be gay or transgender, and then you decided to well, if, I'm, if this kid is going to be a transgender at around 13, so I'm just going to abort him now, that would be a deeply immoral. But for some reason, it, be, it became socially acceptable to kill children because they're, they're not born 100% what we consider to be health, healthy and, and normal. So it's, it's a very sad thing. And the idea that society can justify be killed off people like that, the elderly, the, the disabled, even the poor, even certain religious and ethnic groups have been around in society since probably the beginning of society, but it really took hold in the West around the beginning of the 20th century with the eugenics movement. The eugenics movement preached, I'm gonna quote the, the most famous a spokesperson for eugenics, which is Margaret Sanger, she said, birth control is not contraception indiscriminately and thoughtlessly practiced. It means the release and cultivation of a better racial elements in our society and the gradual suppression, elimination, and eventual expirpation of defective stocks, those human weeds which threaten the bloom mm. of the finest flowers of American civilization so to someone like a margaret sanger to get the race pure to get rid of people who are um not in her eyes not the ideal you needed you needed to kill them in the womb if not outside the womb and and it was, it was this philosophy that became very popular in the united states it became a huge influence on the rise of Nazism. And it's, it is, you still see it today with over, from 800,000 to over a million babies being killed in the womb every year. It's the idea that you can purify a society by, by, by killing off elements, <clears throat> culling off herbs that keep the society from being more perfect. And like I said, whether it's the Jews in Nazi Germany or you put it, or put an abortion cleanse on it in every, corner of a black neighborhood mm -hmm. basic philosophy 
it's the basic philosophy that justifies the the Chinese the killing the Uyghurs or the or the numerous genocidal attacks you might see in parts of Africa and and, and the Middle East and so forth. Is is that is it's one of the greatest evils in our society and it continues to be practiced. And I just see this uh, acknowledgement by Maytel that a baby does not have to be born without Down syndrome to be loved, to be beautiful, and to have a full life. So it was important to me. I just wanted to mention that. Well, I followed this story also, and I, I do salute Mattel for this decision. They also have a doll, I believe, with alopecia. Um, they've been responsive. Um, I believe that they've had some Barbies that are like in wheelchairs. Um, I know that I have a child who has type 1 diabetes, and so I believe that if they don't have a doll that has a, a, an insulin pump. Um, I know that there have been some accessories that have been made by some pretty creative types to be able to do that. Um, and so it is important. You know, I think when you're a little kid, I, and I'm going to date myself here, um, but when I was really little, um, it was romper room. And it was Miss Marianne. And Miss Marianne used to have a mirror. And she would say, you know, I see Tony. And I see Susie. And I see Mary. And she never saw Marie. She saw Mary, she saw Maria, but she never saw Marie. And I felt bad. I felt ignored. I felt unseen. And so that's what I think that Mattel is doing um, by helping children to see, because you want to see someone that's like you. Um, there's a company that uh, does dolls. We got one for my daughter, uh, my twin. And I think American Girls has something similar. We're not going to talk about American Girls because, you know, they're declined now that they're doing all the trans garbage with the books that they have. But anyway, um, they, they have these dolls where you can customize them to look like your child. So you can, you know, hair color, hair type, uh, or hairstyle, that kind of thing. Um, and because kids want someone that looks like them, they can identify with. Um, and so I thought this is a really bold move on, uh, the part of, uh, Mattel. And so I definitely, uh, salute that move. Well, as you know, um, from my past discussion, I'm not as big on uh, representation as as you are. I think I think you don't necessarily need to create characters that look like the people in your target audience, but I think it is important to have uh, acknowledge <clears throat> acknowledgement that there are other people in the world and that they have a right to exist. Especially as I said, they're when they're being killed at a rate of, uh, you know, 90% of them, it's, it's a genocide, basically, of uh, Down syndrome kids. And if if having a, a Down syndrome Barbie doll on the shelves will help, you know, expected parents to not be so quick to kill their baby if the baby's been screened and tested and found to be, ha found to have Down syndrome, then it's definitely a, a positive thing. Well, and I think it also helps other kids to have tolerance. 
yeah. um, you know, to be able to build that up for other kids, you know, um, and as far as the representation issue, you know, there are places still in this country to this day uh, where, you know, it's all white or all black or all one ethnicity. And so helping kids to see people that are different from them does help solve some problems, I think, um, because that's where you see bullying and you see those kinds of things because kids need to put labels on things. That's one of the ways that they process information until they're old enough um, to be able to do that. And so they need clear labels on things to be able to help them make sense of their world. And so if having a, a doll that looks different from you um, helps because you see kids on the schoolyard, you know, oh, what's wrong with you? If you see a kid, you know, in a wheelchair, um, you know, or something like that, um, it helps to help them understand their world. Now, you know, my background is in early childhood education. So that's just one of the things um, to help kids to build their own self-identity, but also to help them to build tolerance and understanding of others. So not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I, I see your point. I mean, I, my mother always tells a story about when she was a child and her mother gave her a doll. She, she rejected the doll because the doll wasn't black and she was, saying, well, what is she going to do with a white doll? And I'm sure it's, it's the same today. If I was in a, a wheelchair, for example, I would be very appreciative of maybe uh, an action figure that was in a wheelchair or going through similar things I was going through in some way. So I, could, I see your point to, in, in that matter. I was just saying that we don't always need to you know, have a black Superman in order for someone like me to appreciate Superman. Right. So yeah, uh, representation does matter to a big degree, um, depending on how it's done. And, and going back to Barbie, I think, I think, like you said, they're doing a great job with it. It, it can matter a lot to a lot of people with Down's uh, syndrome children, or might even matter to the children themselves. So just, just wanted to shout them out. And on that note, we're going to wrap up another episode of African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. Be sure to follow us on Substack and uh, bookmark it, and you will be able to see links to all of our social media as well as this podcast. So until next time, it's Marie. DK. Bidding you good day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of African American Conservatives, the soul of the conservative movement. You can find us online at acons.substack.com, anchor.fm forward slash A-A-C-O-N-S, and also you can support our work at anchor.fm forward slash A-A-C-O-N-S forward slash support.